Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, If you're not familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein myself and Kyle take turns introducing each other to movies. And uh, in this way, we catch up on our cinema. Uh, So it is the month of May 2020, and uh, we're doing a special event here on the show uh, that we're calling May is for Monsters. Um, (laughs) And if... If you can't glean what what this month may be, uh, you are an idiot. (laughs) So basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking a look at some monster movies. We're going to be uh, doing a little bit of mutual catching up on top of maybe a few introductions here and there. But Mm -hmm. uh, I had the first pick for this month. Did you? And uh, Well, (laughs) yes, this would be an example of a mutual catching up. This is one that I want to say I had a little bit more hype for than you did. You told Um, me about it, yeah. Yeah, I I told you about it. It kind of flew under a lot of people's radars from mm-hmm. from those box office numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have a a thing. I, I am a hard mark uh, for underwater monster movies, and it just so happens that not too long ago there was a film that came out by the name of Underwater, mm-hmm. uh, starring Kristen Stewart, uh, who is a selling point to some somebody. people, uh, <laughs> to somebody, not exactly somebody. me, but. Um, but this was directed by a gentleman by the name of William Eubank, um, who I am not familiar mm-hmm. with. Um, however, just based on some of the content of this movie, I feel like I have a pretty decent idea of what kind of person he is. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure he plays video games. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I, I saw a lot of references in this movie that are just like, they're really funny because they're, they're, they're the kind of references that I would make if I was making a movie. But in some ways, they come across as maybe a little juvenile and maybe a little uh, lacking in creativity. But I don't hold it against him because it's like, yeah, you know, if I had if I had the keys to the castle, I would probably fucking do that, too. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, uh, I have a I have a thing when it comes to like sea monsters in particular. That's just like I, I got to see it. Like, it doesn't matter if it's bad or good. Like, it's just it's just a thing I've always loved ever since I saw Jaws when I was a kid. Um, that being said, there is a distinction. Like, um, there is a subgenre within a subgenre, I guess, where there's, like, Jaws-style uh, underwater monster movies where it's, like, it's we're on the surface and the, and the monster is in the water. Mm-hmm. So don't go in the water. <laughs> but then there's this movie, Underwater, where we're, we're all in it together. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're trapped underwater with the the sea-dwelling creatures. Um, I tend to prefer the former to the latter. Um, however, the latter is kind of a rarity, to be honest. You don't get many movies of this type. So I was doubly excited to check it out for that reason as well. But Kyle, what what were your feelings coming into Underwater? Um, so I have a I have a type of movie that I love, and I can't explain it why. I can't explain why exactly. It's come up a few times, but. Um, Close quarters aquatic movies are very dear to my heart. I love Das Boot. I love The Abyss. Um, I like uh, uh, Deep Blue Sea. I like where we're... I mean, Deep Blue Sea, that that facility is enormous for a movie. Um, I think The Abyss is a little bit... It's a little more realistic. Um, I love... And they're not aquatic movies, but like um, Aliens specifically. I like being in Spaceship or underwater thing, submarine. Uh, there's something cozy about it, and this movie just hit that perfectly because we go through all... There's several, like, 
there's several corridors and several um, places underwater that these folks get into. Um, and then it's a monster movie too. Uh, and I wanted to, I, I was going to pitch this to you. I was talking to Steph about this. I think what makes these movies compelling for me is the, there's like, we're already in a dangerous situation. Like The Abyss, you're already in a dangerous situation. Submarine, you're already in a, in a dangerous situation. So if you add another element to that, in this case, a monster or monsters trying to find you, like it just adds to that tension more. And I think that makes it, makes it a fun movie for me. Oh yeah, it's it's one of my favorite subgenres of film. Um, like I said, I will show up for almost any of these kinds of movies, mm-hmm. even if I hear they're bad. Like I didn't hear this was remarkable in any way, but I still said I was going to say it. Same same with a uh, life from a mm-hmm. couple years oh, ago. Oh yeah, I loved life. It was I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it scratched an itch like like big time for me. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I, that's exactly what I wanted. Um, it's not an amazing film by any means, but it it was what I what I asked for. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all I can hope for in a lot of these kind of genre movies. But yeah, I get what you mean. Where, like, I feel like part of my love for this particular subgenre of film, in particular monster movies, mostly comes from Alien. Mm-hmm. It's like a combination of Alien and Jaws, somewhere in the middle. Um, and this movie, you know, can't help but bear some resemblance to Alien and Aliens. Um, at, it's probably on purpose, like, once again, based on what I've noticed about this director. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think my favorite thing, and I've said this before on the show about monster movies, is is learning the behavior patterns and learning the... Well, just learning how the creature functions. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my favorite part is, is uh, like, the thing, for instance. When when we get to do the dissection of that just crispy what's it, mm-hmm. like, that's the shit I live for is, is when everybody's in the room and nobody knows what they're looking at, but we all kind of have to sound it out as best we can. And we get a little bit of that in this where we find, like, a juvenile creature of some sort. However, it doesn't really lead us anywhere. Mm-hmm. We We get, like that that sequence that i'm hoping for teased but it doesn't really go anywhere but um that's that's maybe the one thing i can say is a little bit of a disappointment i would have liked a little bit more face time with the monsters just to get to know them like just so i i the viewer can begin to anticipate their behavior patterns and whatnot yeah i understand i think how you could have done that in this movie we'll play monday morning quarterback on it real quick i think because (laughs) this movie starts off like we go from zero to 60 like it just it it goes immediately like we don't break in at all we kind of learn our characters as the movie goes along but we start with the facility like breaking down so if you maybe if you would have eased into this had the character development first had this uh creature come up like an alien movie basically where it takes a little time for the facility to start breaking down but there's a we have a, we have a ticking clock the whole time like we have to get to this other side so we don't have time to sit here with the monsters and yeah I think if we just like didn't start with that it would have we could have like explored the monsters more but I kind of like not doing that in this one because it keeps that tension like having the the facility breaking down the beginning whole just keeps that tension throughout the whole movie which I found it made the movie fun for me well yeah it justifies all the actions of the characters from that point on where mm-hmm. it's like all the all these things that in other movies you would you would criticize you'd be critical of them and say like why are they doing that and it's like yeah. well because it's exploding behind you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Im- yeah. <laughs> implosion sir <laughs> that's yeah. why um and yeah that's that's one of the biggest strengths of this movie and actually i thought it was kind of shocking that um like i said a strength of this movie is is its pace it, it fucking goes 
um, and it's it's breezy it never lingers too long on any one note so you never really get bored um, but I was kind of shocked that like from hearing from you sir from from Mr. Kyle uh, asking for more like a longer runtime <laughs> like, yeah. that's that's a rarity <laughs> well I think if you would have if you would have given this like 15 more minutes and slowed down like just eased us into it we could have gotten some more time with the monsters i think i think it would have been an hour 45 minutes would have been perfect i would have been totally fine with that i would have been too um but before we get into the details of underwater kyle um may is indeed for monsters and i've spent quite a bit of time at the top of this episode talking about some of the stuff i like um you get to pick half the episodes for this month so Mm -hmm. how about you tell the folks at home like maybe the kind of monster movies you like so the kind of monster movies I like, um, so I'm, 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 want you to, I want to have you go back and watch The Abyss. Um, I think that's one that uh, we need to go back because it's got everything that you like in a movie. Uh, it's a James Cameron movie that's good. Uh, troubled production. Not troubled. Um, arduous. It was an arduous production, I think would be. Accurate. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of long but i think it's beautifully shot and uh i like the character development it's got michael an evil michael bean which is always fun it's just got all the fixings for you um so yeah monster movies for me i'm more of like a horror movie monster guy Uh, yours is more sci-fi you like more of a grand monster from what i can gather i like a thing that has a physiology something that you you look at it and you want to study it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, what what is this thing and why is it? Whereas yours is more like... Get that thing the fuck away from me. It's <laughs> <laughs> one my monsters, yeah. I just watched RoboCop the other day. Don't touch me, Don't man! If Psycho Gorman was out, we'd be doing Psycho Gorman, but it, I don't think it's going to be out in time for us to do. Um, no, I've got my eyes on a couple of uh, horror movies if you don't want to do The Abyss. I understand. It's it's a long movie. Um, we, we'd probably have to break it up into two ha- two parts, honestly. And and Kyle, I will fight you on that. That is not a monster movie. <laughs> it's not. It's an alien movie. It, it has aliens, and they're yeah. not even menacing. Like yeah, they're yeah. they're they're sparkly stingray people. <laughs> like, See, I actually <laughs> I went back and rewatched Jeepers Creepers. I still enjoyed it. I thought it was still fun. Uh, I thought it was pretty creepy when I was a kid. Uh, so yeah, my my monsters are more like cool design or we can barely see it we might see it full body like one time but just keep it the fuck away from me we have to get away from it well um let me let me flesh things out a little bit for you kyle um so folks at home kyle is a lovecraft fan Mm -hmm. um, and he's also gone on record several times on the show saying he is a a big fan of dark endings um jeepers creepers being an example yeah yeah Uh, justin justin long uh does not keep his eyes through the entirety of that movie. <laughs> Dive into that too. Well, yeah, he's Justin Long, but yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Kyle is a big fan of dark endings, and he likes his uh, cosmic core. He likes he likes forces of darkness that are larger than us as people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm getting from this, and this is me talking out my ass, is uh, I like a monster that occupies the same reality as me. That if I pick up a steel rod and whack this thing in the face, it'll react to it as you would expect, like a bear or a cougar or whatever. Mm. You can fight it. Whereas yours is more just like, no matter what you do, 
it's gonna get you. <laughs> like, that's, why, that's why I don't. I'm not so harsh on this movie. Like, I th- th- I kind of like that we don't study these creatures. It, this is like a survival. Like we just have like we don't have the time or energy to try to get like try to kill these things. We just have to get the fuck away from them. And that's what this movie is: is just getting away from these things. Yeah, and uh, in that sense, I think that's a good transition point because uh, the mm-hmm. thing I'm trying to get at here is this: this movie. Has a little bit for both of our yes. tastes, yes. <laughs> which this is kind of like which is kind of neat. <laughs> this was almost a perfect movie. Like this is something that we would have come up with for a movie. Like yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you and I like, I mean, if if you got me faded and somehow, <laughs> <laughs> and you got me talking, yeah, this is the movie I'd probably come up with. <laughs> but um, so yeah, let's get to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, this is directed by William Eubank. Uh, he has a few features under his belt. Um, nothing that really jumps out at me as being terribly uh, famous or anything, but uh, he has something called The Signal from 2014 and Love, and both of both of which feature spacesuits on the cover. So apparently he has a thing for uh, hazard suits. Um, and yeah, uh, the production titles right off the bat. Um, they're doing it right. Um, they're, uh, they appear on the screen in a descending fashion. So they start at the top and then they, they work their way down. I was like, <laughs> underwater. <laughs> and, uh, then they make the reference a hundred percent clear by using a font for the title underwater, uh, that looks very similar to the original alien font. Um, very similar. It's not exact, but similar and it's evocative of it. Um, and then we get a, a quick montage of like uh, news articles and whatnot and this was reminding me a lot of uh, Godzilla 2014 uh, mm. actually where we oh, get all yeah. the yeah. like all the news headlines and like uh, archival footage of like Navy Navy bomb testing and stuff and like uh, all the redacted documents like the monarch documents alluding to some giant creature in the Pacific and whatnot well, it was reminding me a lot of that the opening is almost like Godzilla to 2014. Like we have to close somebody, somebody we know in a uh, in containment, basically. Good, good point. I, yeah. Wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get stra- to that in just a second. Here. It, was, it was stressing me out. I was watching it with Steph. I'm like, fuck. I hope I'm never put in that situation where I have to somebody my somebody I love is on the other end, and I have to fucking close them in there. That's brutal in 2014. <laughs> yeah, um, it helps when you have two very very talented actors doing that scene. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just randos. Was that Juliet? Um, Was that Juliet Binoche? Binoche. Oh yes. yes, she's quite lovely. Oh yeah, I adore her. And Cranston the Fox too, man. <laughs> <laughs> He'll always be Hal. He'll always be Hal. In the Honestly, middle. yeah. He's. I mean, man, that man had a hell of a sitcom record. He, like, he yeah, a TV show record, yeah. Dr. Tim Watley. <laughs> he was dentist on Seinfeld. Yeah. He was on King of Queens pretty consistently as well. Oh, he was, he was on there? I didn't know oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had uh, Malcolm he was... in the Middle. He had Breaking Bad. Yeah, he doesn't even do anything else. I think he's done. <laughs> I mean, he put up, like, George Clooney numbers, man. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, this uh, this opening montage here makes some uh, allusions to something by the name of the Tian Corporation, um, which, again, here we're... we're readily referencing stuff like it's mm-hmm. like you mean wayland yutani yeah Wayland. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah the score uh as tends to be the case with me anyway makes itself apparent uh it's like it's like ominous and thrumming but there's also a core there's a choir at work and it's it's kind of grand sounding for for a movie that you would think i think of as being like a modest budgeted film it's it actually is quite handsome by the time we get to the later stages of the film and the 
special effects come to the fore. But uh, the uh, soundtrack was done by Marco Beltrami, uh, who I know mostly for doing horror movies. Um, however, he has a couple of blockbusters under his belt as well, so he's very versatile. Like he did uh, Die Hard 4 and uh, uh, Terminator 3. <laughs> and uh, funny enough, I watched this movie. I watched a Ford versus Ferrari like five minutes before I put this movie on, and he also composed that. Oh, okay. So I think he has like a working relationship with Fox or something. Okay. Um, side note, um, as far as I've heard, this is the last 20th Century Fox film oh, uh, yes, to yes. be released. Um, before the House of Mouse uh, ate them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we get a, a, a Spaceballs reference here. <laughs> um, oh, really? No, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm half joking. So when we descend uh, to the underwater mining platform, it's this long special effects shot of like following this, this shaft to the bottom of existence. Mm-hmm. And... I couldn't help but think of Mega Maid. <laughs> you know how Spaceballs references the Star Destroyer shot in a in Star Wars. I've seen, but, but makes it five times as long. I've seen it like I've seen two minute snippets, like like you know when you're just like flipping through channels and you keep coming back to it, waiting for the next movie to come on. That's what I've seen is like two minute snippets of Spaceballs. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> um, I love Spaceballs, but anyway, just imagine the opening shot of uh, A New Hope, where the Star Destroyer cruises mm. over the camera. Imagine that, but they make it obnoxiously long. They make it like Family Guy long. Okay, it's like, the yeah. joke is dead, guys. Yeah. Fucking come on. <laughs> but yeah, they do that basically where it's like the just descending to the bottom of the ocean. They really try to hammer home the point that we are fucking deep. Yeah. <laughs> like. We're like they even point at the map during the opening credits. It's like we're in the Marianas Trench. This is the deepest point on the planet. Um, and yeah, uh, we're at Kepler Station. And uh, what really jumped out at me here is the crew is listed as three hundred and sixteen. Yeah, uh, this our, is, our core cast is certainly not that large. <laughs> this is a trillion dollar uh, facility, I'd say. Like we're we're past the billions. Like this is the this is the greatest thing a mankind has ever created. This is a fucking like <laughs> this is like Washington DC underground basically. Like it's enormous. Um which I like you kind of ha- that kind of sets it up like you kind of have to push a little bit of science out the window. Uh I'm pretty sure some eardrums would have been smashed at this point. My other my other concern was them uh you have to decompress uh, and that's something that comes up in the abyss. Like they go down, they have to, they have to go down in the compression chamber for uh, eight hours, and they're like, "Oh, that sucks." She's like, "Yeah, it's not as not as bad as the two weeks we have to spend up like halfway up to decompress." So, I don't know how long they've been down there, or exactly how deep it is. Like, like what the decompression would be. The people that make it at the end of this movie, spoiler alert, are dead. Like, there's no way they're gonna they're making. Yeah, you don't just float to the surface no. and call it good, man. <laughs> and I, I'd have to get Neil deGrasse Tyson on it. Uh, I don't know what the logistics were of them walking underwater like this. I don't really know. Uh, Kyle, question: This has come up in like consecutive episodes now. Do we talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson anymore? Uh, I think he's still okay. Um, because there's someone else in this movie yeah. that I'm still not sure yeah. if we talk about anymore. Um, I think the, the person in this episode, I still kind of have a soft spot for. Neil deGrasse Tyson, I never really disliked. Um, 
I, I still think he's fine. I think those two are okay. We don't talk about James Woods anymore. Yeah, no, he he uh, he found the Twitter and the Twitter hit him back. I think. Is <laughs> I didn't like him before that stuff came out about him. So I knew it. Like I I knew it in the back of my head. Did you know he went to MIT by the way? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Anyway, I'm sorry. I digress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting into the weeds here. But, um, Kyle. Uh, so we are in the the. Uh, communal restroom here yeah and uh i like that we get this rotating shot that introduces us to to this restroom area there's like lines of sinks and lockers and whatnot and uh right off the bat i really love the production design because it's grungy Mm -hmm. like this is this is a lived in environment so as as much of an investment as it was clearly we've been down here a while Mm. and uh some of the behavior of the characters in this uh, kind of spell that out to us. That's like, you yeah. know, as as foreign and as crazy as, as it would be to us, the viewer, um, the, the characters that we're watching here, they, they're they used to it. Mm-hmm. So so they don't have some of the same fears that we do. But, um, yeah, it's grungy and lights are ticking on and off. When we get this kind of cool shot where the camera's just kind of like slowly rotating around and showing us the entirety of the living space... Um, and then we get to meet Kristen Stewart and her uh, Lori Petty haircut, <laughs> her, yeah. her tank girl haircut. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm actually, I think she's really pretty. Um, I was oh, she was really her pretty. bone structure is fantastic. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, she's very pretty. Um, she's actually in her underwear about, I'd say, 30% of this movie. And uh, to be honest with you, like, there's another character that's in her underwear uh, quite a bit near the end. It's interesting how it's shot because it's not how you would think it. it, it it's not sexualized, if that makes any sense. Like, I mean, we are showing two attractive women in their uh, in their skivvies, uh, but it's it it's it's not really it's not sexy. It's, it's done for utilitarian purposes for yeah. the most part. It's and it's very actually similar. done like that. <laughs> it's very similar to to Ripley, you know, getting mm-hmm. into the spacesuit at the end of the first Alien movie, where it's like, no, she's she's getting ready to go to sleep, and then the thing showed up. She's yeah. you know, that's just how it was. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed a, th- a thing towards the end, especially with the cinematography that was actually a little irksome, mm. like in a, in a silly way, but we get this shot of Kristen Stewart running down a wet hallway and man, this girl takes some bumps. Like, mm-hmm. She falls down a lot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and th- I think she's wearing knee pads too, which is appropriate because damn, like yeah. she was asked to fall down a lot in this movie. But yeah, we get this tracking shot where it's behind her and she's running down a wet hallway but the camera is like locked onto her calves, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that is not interesting filmmaking. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, like I can tell what you're trying to do. Like you're trying yes. to avoid putting the butt in yes. the frame, because yes. yes, that is a little lascivious and like you know, maybe not appropriate for what's going on. But at the same time, it's like from a framing standpoint, it's like what the what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Put it this way: if the Strauss brothers who directed AVP Requiem, if they had directed this, do you think that we would be having the same conversation? No, they would have definitely sexualized those moments. Oh man, uh, I mean that would be. <laughs> yeah, from a casting standpoint, you'd have a very different looking cast. Too. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, we get to in- we're introduced to Kristen Stewart, and she is uh, brushing her teeth, and uh, she is uh, just in her underwear and whatnot, um, like you do at the end of a long day. Um, and we get one of the weirder parts of this movie, and that would be narration, 
mm-hmm. from from her, and she bookends this movie. So she begins it with narration and she closes it, and that's the entirety of the narration in this movie. And I don't entirely know why it's here, hmm. because I certainly didn't need it. It, it, it actually did, did not need it. It did more to confuse me than than anything else, because I was like, who is she talking about? Because she doesn't use names or anything like that. So a lot of time I was like, she's talking about Vincent Cassell. Like, <laughs> what? Huh? What? Um. But yeah, it's something about like night and day are hard to distinguish when you're at the bottom of the ocean. And mm. she makes an allusion to someone that she knew, she knew, past tense, who is optimistic, whereas she's more of a pessimist, which is why I thought maybe she was talking about Vincent Cassell. But again, past tense, it's very confusing. But uh, long story short, she's brushing her teeth and there's a daddy long legs in the sink uh, mm-hmm. that she uh, goes out of her way to not flush down the sink as most of us probably would yeah. uh, she sa- she saves the spider and you know it, i gotta say that spider found its way down there it deserves maybe a little bit of a pat on the back yeah <laughs> yeah that's impressive <laughs> yeah uh, so she saves the spider um put a pin in that i guess it's meant to point to an element of her character or something um but yeah one of the choice lines here that she has in her narration is there's comfort to cynicism there's a lot less to lose uh, but then uh, the ceiling starts dripping, Kyle. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want you want you already kind of alluded to where this where this ends up. But you want to you want to tell yeah, us what happens here? Yeah, the, the the ceiling is dripping, and she just kind of like she hears like a like a thud or a bump, which is not something you want to feel when you're either in space or six miles under the under the ocean, which is roughly where we're at. We're like five point eight miles or something like that, or about six miles under right now. Uh, yeah, and uh, all fucking hell breaks loose, basically. The worst. So this actually was confusing to me. Okay, so um, water just starts, just busts in, and she outruns it somehow. It, like, almost disappears. Like, she, she goes down one corridor, she goes down another corridor, and then um, it's just, like, gone. Like, the, it just didn't make sense. The amount of water that was coming down should have, like, I feel like engulfed her. Like, if... It just didn't make sense. Yeah, this is what the the neckbeards <clears throat> and the children on the internet call a plot armor. Where it's like, plot <laughs> it's armor. Like, I mean, this isn't a this isn't an egregious example of it, but plot armor is like say in like Game of Thrones or something. You have a character who it makes all the sense in the world for them to get off in a certain situation, mm-hmm. but there's more story to tell for that person, so we can't we. They, they're just invincible until the time is right, basically. Yeah, Game of Thrones doesn't <laughs> suffer from that. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> People well, I'm, die I'm, when I'm they speak- need to die. <laughs> I'm speaking as a person who's only seen the first season. But, um, you but actually yeah, watched the, the first season? I didn't think you watched any of it. No, a long time ago. Wow. I gave it up for spite, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah, the walls ex- explode. And uh, it is, this is a well carried out sequence. It mm. is violent and terrifying. Like, like they do a good job of upping the intensity and the camera work is shaky, but not overly so. And we are sliding all over the floors because um, it's wet yep. and we have no shoes. Um, and Kristen Stewart comes ac- upon a coworker, mm-hmm. somebody that uh, we later learn she actually really doesn't know. Like yeah. she knows their name kinda, but it's it's clearly like a other side of the cafeteria kind of situation where yeah. it's like, oh, you you work with those people, I maybe vaguely know you, um, but it's a uh, I think the character's name is Rodrigo, and uh, 
he clearly just woke up. And I like that she's banging on all the doors as she's running down the hallway. Like, mm. she's basically trying to alert everyone that, hey, you're going to die. Um, but this is a modestly budgeted film, so nobody really comes out. <laughs> um, so our crew of 316 is represented by, like, 10. He's in that politician Hugh Jackman movie you were talking about, The Front Runner. Oh, really? Yeah. How about that? Oh, cool. I, I actually didn't here. recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> I did not recognize him at all. Um, unfortunately, he's not in this movie very much. <laughs> okay, so when we get our, our group of characters that survive this, I was sitting there with talking with Steph. I'm like, okay, I'm pretty good at this. I'm like, here's who's going to make it. Three people are going to make it. I point out the three that make it. I'm like, those two are going to die first. I... I've never been more wrong with my death count in a movie. It's impressive how bad I was in this movie. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I hate to say it. I hate, hate to be the guy to point out the obvious, but this man has perhaps a little more melanin than some of the other people in the cast. <laughs> and this is a horror film. Dude, <laughs> the deaths in this movie, a couple of them are pretty great. Uh, he gets his, the best his, one. Yeah. His is pretty fucking <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah, they, they, uh, they managed to... Uh, they're, they get to like this little this little section, and um, she's a uh, mechanical engineer. Is that what she said yes. she is? Okay. Yes. She's a mechanical engineer. He does something. Um, but they got to get this door closed because, you know, the, the water's coming. And like Godzilla 2014, you can see the folks coming down the hallway, but you see that fucking smoke coming right behind them. And, uh, yeah, they don't make it, unfortunately. But Kristen Stewart manages to... they, they they gotta punch it in. It's not working. They have to take the thing off. I don't. It's impressive how they pulled this off. Uh, yeah, high ma- speed hacking. It's, it's <laughs> magic, basically. Um, but yeah, they managed to get it closed, and they get kind of banged up when the door closes. Um, did they get a little bit of water in there when it closes? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we get a lot of man. There are a lot of uh, concussions in this film. <laughs> yes. A lot of concussions. Kristen Stewart gets knocked unconscious maybe four times in this movie. Um, <laughs> like, no shit, man. And this would be the first instance of it. Um, yeah, when when the door shuts, the timing of it is such that the implosion knocks them back. And we get a shot from the trailer where I want to say it's Kristen Stewart on a wire rig being, like, pulled backwards slowly. And it, it's this really bizarre-looking slow-motion shot because she's, like, flying straight backwards and, you know, normally gravity yanks you down and whatnot mm-hmm. anyway yeah she falls in a pool of water and she blacks out for a minute um and then she she and rodrigo they both awake to i believe her character's name is nora right noah i thought noah yeah i was getting it confused because vincent oh, it's, no, it's nora yeah nora okay. uh, he, he yeah. has an accent uh he's a cool actor i like him a lot um i was very happy to see him in this but um the two of them nora and rodrigo they awake to a electronic voice saying like hey structural failure is imminent and it's like no fucking yeah. shit <laughs> and uh i noticed she has like a really nasty cut in her foot that the camera like tilts down for a second to tell us the viewer that hey by the way her foot is fucked <laughs> um <laughs> and we attempt to use the radio no dice um but we hear noises outside and it may be pressure mm-hmm. but maybe not <laughs> if you've seen any of the advertising for this movie, you probably know what's up. Um, and this is maybe the, one of the earlier instances, other than the fact that the opening came in a fucking hurry, uh, to the fact that this movie was shelved for quite a while. Um, as far as I understand, this movie was shot in like 2017, and because of the Disney and Fox merger, it kind of got put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. 
and uh who knows how much post-production work was being done on it in that in that like two year stretch of time uh so i want to say that maybe somebody was tweaking the edit on this like maybe they trimmed it down to 90 minutes because they had to stare at it for two fucking years and were just like continually making changes to it just to like babysit it (laughs) it's like i can't just walk away from it um but yeah the the way the opening happened like you said it, it comes in a fucking hurry and not only that we get a lot of instances where there's a lot of extraneous information just tossed aside where it's like we don't need that so we we do kind of like departed style editing where it's like that scene's over mm-hmm. we're moving on yeah you don't you don't need any of the extra dialogue there let's just move on and i kind of admire that sometimes in movies and in this case we get an instance where we jump to a, a new scene in a new location and her feet are just bandaged mm-hmm. like you either see it or you don't but we don't take any time to linger on it. We don't have to stop the movie to watch her wrap her feet or anything. They're just bandaged. I, if I was a betting man, I would say they definitely shot that. Mm-hmm. But it's not in the movie, and it doesn't need to be. Doesn't and, need uh, to be. There's many instances of that in this movie that are kind of interesting, where it's like you either saw it or you didn't. But the movie's still going. Um, and yeah, we get to like a server room or something, and this is where we learn that they don't really know each other because we we do introductions here after we've you know, been wandering the facility for a while together. Mm-hmm. And she futzes with some computers. And uh, you can tell that she's maybe a little more level-headed than he is. Because he's like, he's like saying things to her that he's he needs to say to himself. Because he's like, you need yeah. to know that like, th- what what happened there, that wasn't your fault. It's like, I know. We've got all the character uh, types for a movie like this. We've got guy who uses sense of humor in a situation like this uh the level-headed realist the captain um we have the panicky one we have the scared kid this he's also the youngest i'd say he's like maybe in the movie probably like 20 21 like he was just probably he he comes across as the baby of the group yeah so he's just in a situation that if we were faced with at that age we were just like it's just too much like we don't know how to handle something like this she is when when you say she's a pessimist like that was her quote at the beginning she now that i think about it, her character is kind of like we're doomed but i'm going to keep doing things to kind of keep my mind off of the fact that we're not going to make it out of this um but sorry she's not really good at doing that (laughs) Kristen stewart Uh, (laughs) like i said i was telling you off air i'm like i don't like being on the bandwagon like oh that person's a shitty actor except for jared leto and uh and i can kind of see it in this one like this is where i'm like yeah she She's not really good in this movie. It's not. It doesn't take me out of the movie, but there's a few scenes where I'm like, you could have done better. Yeah, well, I mean, this is a very... This is kind of an, an out-of-left-field movie for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, she was farting around doing, like, like highbrow indie stuff for, for years Yeah. in between the Twilight movies and now, and it's only just now that she's doing, like, Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. and this. So... You know, maybe this is her kind of like dipping her toes back, <laughs> dipping her toes back, <laughs> back, back into the pool. Because, um, yeah, uh, this this kind of came out of left field. This is not a role that I would ever think of her as being like perfect mm-hmm. for. Um, you floated a couple other actresses um, when yep. we were talking off air. Brie Larson, I think she could do this pretty well. Uh, I don't think she would want to. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. Uh, she don't think she'd want to do this either. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was the other one that I pitched. Uh, I think she'd be really good in this. 
I think she would be very good as well. And she does have experience doing these kinds of movies. I mean, mm-hmm. she was in the not so good thing. <laughs> um, but she she's been in and Ten Clo- Cloverfield Lane is the better I always example. Though. That's her because it doesn't even look like her when I think about it. Oof! How could you? How could you do that, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen her in like four movies and I'm like, I don't know, just her hair. She, I think she's one of those people that has the ability with a different hairdo. To me, she looks like a completely different person. I could see that. Like, like Death Proof and Die Hard 4, she looked pretty different than she does with the, the short hair thing. But. Scott Pilgrim, she's in some indie fart movie with uh, Miles <laughs> Teller. It, it's a Miles Teller indie flick. You're fine. Just skip it. As much as I will show up for Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I don't know if I can do Gemini Man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, okay. Birds of Prey, even though even though I've heard some shit, I might I might take a swing. I Go know. for it. I mean, you waste Your an funeral. hour. And fi- you waste an hour and fifteen minutes. I ain't got shit to do. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, we we use one of the computer terminals in this server room uh, to identify like where we can evacuate from. So we have, you know, it's an underwater movie and or a space movie. There's going to be escape pods. There's yeah. always pods of some sort. Yeah. And this they're called bubbles. Sometimes they're pods. It's either bubbles or pods. It is a borderline <laughs> space movie now that you mention it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the technology, yeah, totally. No, absolutely. Um but yeah, we, we do find where we can get to some escape pods, and then uh, we have to crawl through some rubble. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed uh, that this was only in the earlier stages of the movie and maybe towards the very end, but they do a thing with like all the automated computer voices doing the thing where the, the computer voice is very cheerful. It's mm-hmm. like, everything's going to be fine. It's like, no, it's no, not. It's not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, some of the computer terminals are like chirping at them and like saying, "Oh, you know, everything's gonna be fine. Like, please head to the evacuation area." It's like, nah, if I can get there. Um, but then we hear voices, and we come across uh, he who I'm still not certain if we talk about him anymore, but we're going to because I still think he's funny. I still very much enjoy him. Yeah, yeah, I find him quite funny and enjoyable for the most part. Uh, we find T.J. Miller. And he is buried under some rubble, and he has a stuffed bunny that mm-hmm. he has no box to put it back in. <laughs> uh, did you catch what he says to to Noah to Nora? Yes, oh, I wrote so it down. Funny. Oh, you oh, think? sweet flat-chested Just elven creature. creature. <laughs> <laughs> it's T.J. Miller is funny, and he he belongs to the DreamWorks Corporation. Yeah. Like, you can't make a DreamWorks animated film without having him do a voice in it. But I still think he's funny. Yeah. I don't know the details of what he's done or has been accused of doing. But we're, we're going to refer to T.J. TJ Miller as T.J. Miller, goddammit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he, he, he makes his appearance. And uh, is he a little bit injured here? He looks like he got crushed. But I don't know. Maybe he's got like a bum leg or something. But it's nothing too serious. But they got to crawl through some... Uh, it's it's like scary spelunking. Uh, I was talking to Steph while we were watching this. I'm like, I don't know if I can make it through this shit. Like they're in, it's like a just a triangle that they have to of like concrete that's just all around them, and they have to try to to make it through there. Fuck, dude, I, they make it. They make it through there. Uh, I I don't know if I would have. Uh, to this day, I I assert that the scariest part of the descent is early in the movie when somebody gets trapped in a tiny tunnel yeah that 
that's pretty that, 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 in the theater that made me very uncomfortable i didn't know that about myself <laughs> the movie's brilliant uh, it's a pretty solid movie mm-hmm. um i don't know if the second one's any good probably not <laughs> probably not probably not um but yeah uh was I forget the director's name on that, but friend yeah, of we, the show. Yeah, we did a we did a, one of his movies. Uh, We've done two of his oh, movies. Oh, he did Doomsday. Yeah, Doomsday, and Dog Soldiers. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I couldn't help but think of the descent while I was watching them crawl through this very claustrophobic mm-hmm. passage. Um, we get a our I think our first legitimate jump scare here, where uh, we find a dead woman that yeah. Nora recognizes. Um, and there's an orchestra sting and everything, so they they knew what they were doing. They're trying to get you to jump in the theater. It was a good jump. It was a good jump scare. Yeah, I mean, you gotta get those teens to cuddle somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we we do reach the pods. Um, even T.J. Miller's fat ass fits through that tunnel. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's like swirling yellow emergency lights that again I couldn't help but think of like Alien, uh, the first movie in particular, towards the very end. And uh, we meet Vincent Cassel, uh, the captain. Who looks like he's about to shoot himself in the head if he had a gun. <laughs> yeah, he looks a little put out. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's about to start making a noose out of something. Because uh, he's kind of locked into this. Um, it's like a there's just uh, glass all around him. But they're like, uh, they, they end up getting him out. I guess he was kind of stuck. But he thought he was the last one left on the station. How many people did you say were on this uh, this? Like underground Washington D.C. Austin three sixteen. <laughs> so yeah, he thinks that this has been so catastrophic that he got the people out in the uh, the pods that he could, and he thinks that everybody else is dead. So pretty elated to see you know a few more people alive. I I guess kind of happy and kind of sad at the same time. It's like oh fuck, it's nice I'm not alone, but oh you guys are probably not gonna make it. And um, I have to take responsibility yeah. for you. Now I have to find I'm, I'm the captain. I'm captain. <laughs> uh, does, does he have a French accent in this? I couldn't pick up on it. He does. He does? Okay. Um, he, he, he can't help it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he might have been like, covering it up a little bit. Uh, I watched La Haine with him, uh, and it's in French. It's it's nice to see him in his element, actually speaking French. <laughs> I I haven't seen too many of his movies, but I've been very impressed every time uh he is he is a screen presence um, oh, he, i like him a lot he's like a sprightly 30 years old in that one i mean he looks like he, he looks much Ooh. younger in the movie but i think he was like 29 or 30 when they were filming i forget you haven't seen black swan have you Mm-mm. i got uh, a couple if I remember of, if i remember right he's fucking great in that <laughs> i've got a couple of aronofsky films that i need to see there's one right before that i need to see though one with rachel vice i can't remember what it is I was even impressed with his punching in a uh, in a uh, Jason Bourne. Oh, he's a, uh, he uh, he bo- has a martial arts background. He is um, boxing. He uh, they have him hitting the bag a little bit in La Haine because there's a uh, they have a buddy who's a boxer and he's just kind of like hitting the bag. I'm like oh, he definitely no, knows what he's doing. No, he he knows some martial arts. I think he even did like capoeira at one point. <laughs> I don't know what that one is. Brazilian breakdance fighting. Oh yeah 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 yeah. He yeah. Uh, in Ocean's <laughs> Twelve. He's doing like some like movements yeah like he's he's gearing up for the final heist and he's like doing like some weird like calisthenic air kicking thing but no no way but no no way and then for the evil team they go anyway we meet vincent cassell and like you said um he his body language when they show up he's like head between his knees and he did not just see a brachiosaurus or anything he's Mm-mm. he's having a bad time um but they show up and he kind of 
brightens up a bit and he makes reference to the fact that he's he actually evacuated successfully like 22 people or something so he's been putting in work yeah he's been captaining um and then i noticed something that i at first i thought it was like just me being stupid and like mishearing something but i i wrote it down and i'm glad i did because now that i've seen the rest of the movie because i write these notes linearly um he he calls nora sarah he does yes and he has a daughter who is alluded to several times. Okay, there we go, there we go. And that would, I guess that's meant to be a slip of the tongue uh, that speaks to his character quite a bit. Gotcha. And maybe why he's maybe a little protective of her and uh, young women in particular. Um, but yeah, uh, we head to a control room and we get to meet uh, pretty much the rest of our survivors. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get... Uh, <laughs> I didn't know her name at the time of watching the film, but I've looked it up since. It's Jessica Henwick. Um, she, I was calling her Lady from Iron Fist because <laughs> that's all the only thing I know her from. Is she was on the uh, Marvel Netflix show Iron Fist. Um, Jessica Henwick is set to be like a big, big fucking deal in the years to come. Mm. Uh, she's going to be in Godzilla versus King Kong and The Matrix Four, so she's doing all right. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, she's a. Uh, oh, she's one of the Sand Sisters from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yeah, she's not my favorite one of them, but which uh, which season would that be? There's a, there's a few seasons. I think it's uh, four and five, maybe. I can't remember for sure. Um, yeah, she's not my favorite of the Sand Sisters. There's another <laughs> one that I'm a big fan of. Um, but uh, yeah, she. I think she gets. I don't remember how she gets killed. I think she gets murked by somebody. Mm. Well, it is Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get to meet her, and uh, she's a little squirrely. Like, she is not handling things as, as well as one would hope. And uh, we also get to meet uh, an actor, John Gallagher Jr., who I think it's appropriate that you brought up uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, because he was also in 10 Clover Killed Lane. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is in a drum of acid right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he ha- he has been dissolved. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's in he's there too, and he's pretty buddy buddy with her. In fact, one could say that he's kind of macking on her pretty much the entire time, um, pretty much from minute one, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the place is shaking very badly. We get a lot of science bullshit, like a lot of Star Trek talk, kind of passed mm-hmm. back and forth about what's going on. You're you're not meant to actually understand what's being said. You're just meant to understand there's a sense of urgency. Um, then we get some funny lines from T.J. Miller where uh, Rodrigo spouts a whole bunch of science jargon really fucking fast, which is kind of impressive from an acting standpoint. And uh, somebody challenges him on it. I think it's T.J. Miller. He's like, what the fuck was all that? And he's like, I, I watch a lot of anime. That's all I know. <laughs> T.J. Miller like, just like pauses. Anime. He's like, oh, you watch anime? I like yeah. anime. <laughs> like, yeah, I did appreciate uh, that. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, one of the details I noticed here is that uh, Nora snatches a photo from one of the control consoles. That at first I thought it was like her and and Vincent Cassell, mm-hmm. um, but this person that she's photographed with is maybe an ex-husband or something, like some somebody who's not in the movie. <laughs> um, it uh, very confu- very confusing. Her character in general I found to be less interesting and more confusing than most of the other people in this movie. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the plan here is uh, Vincent Cassell. Um, we we get a, an aliens style sequence where there's like a, a lit up map terminal in the center of the room that we're we're pointing to stuff, and he's doing the Hicks thing where he's delegating, and 
he says we're going to go for the Roebuck, which is apparently a different facility mm-hmm. that they're going to have to walk across the bottom of the ocean to get to. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and uh, Nora's like, I don't think these suits, she's like, how long will these suits actually last underwater? Because they're not supposed to be out there for more than like like 30 minutes maybe. And Because I guess that they're strictly uh, for doing uh, maintenance on the facility outside for short bursts of time. Um, but that completely goes out the window because they walk around in these things and get drug around in these things the whole movie. Oh, yeah. They do action in these things. Yes. Um, um, but, yeah, uh, Mr. John Gallagher Jr., I think they call him uh, Smith, so I'll, I'll try to call him that from now on. Uh, Smith is, like, the communications guy, I guess, mm-hmm. and he, he plays a radio transmission from fucking hell. Um, apparently Satan tried to call them earlier because the noises we hear on this radio are just like indescribably evil and, and loud. Um, but yeah, uh, we also get some, uh, lip service paid to the, uh, the, the situation outside in, in the, in the water where apparently the temperature has climbed 10 degrees, which doesn't happen. Um, but, uh, apparently it has, um, and we do another one of those very nice jumps. Uh, from the map room, from the control room to uh, basically the engineering bay where we're going to suit up. We don't need to see them walk there. We just appear there. It's good edit. And uh, TJ Miller puts on some punk rock. <laughs> um, and we suit up. And uh, this is where we get a line of dialogue saying, lose the pants because they won't fit in the suit, which is how we justify all the, all the ladies in this movie being in their skivvies, mm-hmm. as well as TJ Miller. Because... Yes. If you're going to have him on your set, of course you're going to have him have his pants off. Yeah. <laughs> it's funnier I mean, that I, way. It's funnier that way. And we even put the camera right in his ass. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is where we can tell that uh, Jessica Henwick's character, she's very much spooked. Mm-hmm. And uh, Did you notice the mural on the wall in this room? Yeah, I did. Um, I thought it was a little strange. I'm like, who? It looks really old, almost like ancient. Uh, but I guess it's a mural somebody made when they were down there doing construction. I don't know. It was really strange. Yeah, the, this back room where we're putting on our diving suits almost looks like a Turkish bath or something. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and yeah, there's a mural that looks like it was it was painted, and it does look worn and old. But it's really cool looking. It's like a diver surrounded by angels or something underwater. And uh, she has a moment with the mural that I was getting... I was like, "What? What? What is this?" Yeah. Other than trying to communicate that she's scared, um, I don't know. But somebody went to the trouble to fucking paint a mural. That's mm. kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Smith tries to calm her down, and you know, hopefully get in her pants someday because clearly <laughs> that's why he's doing that. Um, and yeah, we get T.J. Miller, but and I, I, Kyle, I really love these suit designs. Um, they're great. Um, they're obviously practical suits that the actors actually had to wear. Um, they look big, they look clunky, um, and they're somewhere in between uh, Batman and Robin, Mister Freeze. Yes. And uh, <laughs> have you ever heard or played um, any no. of the Gears of War games? Mm-mm. Okay, well uh, maybe Google them while I'm talking. Just type in Gears of War. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the suit designs reminded me a lot of uh, the Gears armor. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I really like the editing when we're suiting up here because we get, I think, an explicit reference to the Joel Schumacher Batman movies. <laughs> where, it, like, just the the 
the the style of cuts and like the the parts of the body that the, the <laughs> yeah yeah shing yeah. shing and and we get tj miller ass. bat nipples yeah <laughs> yeah we get ass and we get bat nipples but tj miller <laughs> and it's pretty great um okay yeah, yeah they uh, definitely look like the gears of war suit yeah thank you i i know i'm not crazy <laughs> I'll, I'll kill anyone who says i am um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we we head into the water, and pretty much the place is coming down around us as we're descending. Yeah, we're in a hurry. Um, and T.J. Miller has some goofy lines here. Um, I'm not even gonna bother reciting it. It's stupid. But um, but yeah, the place collapses behind us. And uh, hmm, did we, Kyle? Tell me this. Did 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 we do a really good job like inspecting our suits before we put them on? Uh, apparently, fucking not. Uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> Because this poor kid, oh man! So as soon as he gets out there, uh, the the poor kid, uh, the young guy, gets out there, and his suit, his his mask starts to crack. Now, if you haven't seen the abyss, cracking is about the last thing you want to see when you're this deep underwater. Um, and this kid, <laughs> it starts to crack, and did they they allude to it later? But he think they think he knew that there was a crack they think that he knew there was a crack in the in the shield or the face mask but uh yeah this kid just like implodes and goo and a hand just go everywhere like and the girl who was not handling this very well is really not handling this very well <laughs> um, and Kristen Stewart or Nora has kind of got like a like a Tom Hanks on the beaches of Normandy like <sighs> <laughs> get back into it. What do we do now, sir? <laughs> Maybe Mike. I should go left. <laughs> Mike. Mike. <laughs> but yeah, she she like wanders off and she does the the Mike Horvath. Oh, it's okay. I just got the wind knocked out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she just wanders into the abyss, and uh, we get a shot uh, that I I told you about off air um, that I think is one of the better ones in the movie where. She walks away from the explosion or implosion site. And everybody's freaking out, and she's mm-hmm. just like, I-, "I need a minute, guys. Sorry." Um, but she comes to like a ledge, basically, and uh, she stares off into the abyss. And we get this really lovely shot where the camera pans beyond her, beyond her, and we see like the lights on her suit pointing out into the darkness. And we see there's like particles floating all over in the in the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with her headlights pointing straight into it. She can only see like ten feet at most yeah. in front of her. Yeah. So it's like it's fucking dark. Man. Yeah. Visibility is low. Exactly. And I thought that was really nice that we get to see that where it's like, this is why you need to be afraid when you're walking at the bottom of the ocean because we, the viewer, know there's going to be monsters, um, and also we know that hmm, if the monsters show up, we aren't going to see them until they're right on top of us. So it gives them a lot of ability to just like pop out of nowhere, which they do. Um, but yeah, uh, we cut ahead, um, to the first leg of the journey. So we, we skipped a decent chunk of just walking here, um, again, to the yeah. movie's benefit. Um, and the first leg of the journey is to jump, um, is to jump down to this like elevator basically, uh, that's going to take us even deeper to some sort of way station. Yeah. So the, the idea is, is they have to go, they have to go even deeper and then walk, what, is it like a mile across the ocean floor, I think, in total? 
I think so. Um, it's it's actually funny you brought up Deep Blue Sea. We go down to get up. <laughs> as, um, as a yeah, as, as Tom Jane had told us, we go down to get up. Um, yeah, they have to they have to take an elevator down, and as they're taking, they get they get successfully into this elevator. I don't think we see any monsters at this point. Nope. Um, we we get into this elevator, and as they're working down, they're like, "There's a beacon coming from the bottom." And Vincent Cassell, the captain, uh, seems to think that uh, that it was a lifeboat. Or uh, I'm sorry, not a lifeboat. I'm idiot. I'm like, <laughs> I did the uh, the. There's a there's a moment in Titanic where a French lady comes up to the captain. She's like, "Captain." Where should I go? My baby and I. And he just looks at her like, ooh, you're fucked, dude. <laughs> I have to go kill myself <laughs> now. Uh, so, no, not a lifeboat. Um, the escape pod. He thinks it's an escape pod, in which case there could be somebody in there. And that's his captainly duty. He's like, we have to save every, you know, every soul down here. So they're going to stop and see what's going on with this little beacon. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> TJ Miller gets a good line here where... It- uh, Emily, by the way, is Jessica Henwick's character's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's the one that's been pretty shook, shook up badly. Um, and to you know, bring some levity to the situation, the captain is saying, okay, somebody's going to have to go out. Obviously, my arm is broken. I'm not going to go out. Um, but somebody has to go out there to investigate. And T.J. Miller, without skipping a beat, is like, all right, Emily, this is your time. <laughs> and she's like, what? what? Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> And she's like shivering in the corner. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's, I'm just messing with you, whatever. <laughs> you know who would have been perfect for like Mary Elizabeth Winstead could have been the Kristen Stewart. Knives Chow. Ellen Wong would have made a good uh, this character. I don't know if I've seen her in other things. She was um, in that Void movie. You haven't watched the Void. Yeah, the Void. She yeah. Was, oh, she, she was the nurse in, yeah. or the student nurse. Yeah, she was the student nurse. Okay. So she can play that's manic. A very, that's a very uh, Canadian film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she can play like uh, like a manic scared uh, character, I think. And she kind of has like some really high energy moments in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I think she would have been, this would have been a nice little re, re, uh, re- reuniting of them. Yeah, I mean, I... I thought Jessica Henwick did just fine. Oh, she was fine, yeah. It's it's mostly a thankless role because she's just there to be like the pure soul, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kristen Stewart's the person who actually gets shit done. So yeah, it, it's it's anybody honestly could have played this role yeah, right. <laughs> as long as they can be scared and be hot. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, T.J. Miller gives her his bunny as. Like you know, to calm her down. Yeah, like nice. probably a hundred percent serious. Like for safekeeping, it's like you you lose this, I'm gonna fucking tear your head off. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he and uh, Smith they head out to investigate, and uh, we dock, and uh, we get to see them from security camera footage, very evocative of aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our boys in their suits, they have a fun little handshake where they do some stomps, and uh, clearly they're trying to you know make. Make the most of a shit situation. Yeah. But um, we get some interesting editing here where uh, Emily is prattling on. She's just, like, making inane conversation. Like, she tells us that she has, like, a, a corgi or something. But the the style of editing, like, while we're watching these guys go back out into the water and, like, Vincent Cassell is clearly, like, really dialed in on the monitors and stuff. And she's, like, just prattling on about whatever the fuck. Like, that the timing of the edits gives it a sense of tension that was 
pretty effective where it's like you feel like something's gonna happen mm-hmm. in the middle of all this because there's too much energy being tossed around but nothing does but it's a it's a good like setup where you, it makes you like tense up a little bit um and this is also where we get to learn a little bit more about vincent cassell having a daughter and uh he was married apparently and he has a 14 year old daughter and Nora corrects him mm-hmm. and says that like no your daughter's like my age and it's like you're losing your mind old man it's like I don't think he is <laughs> um, but yeah, I never picked up on it what actually is the problem it's so small that it doesn't really matter it's just again it's details that you either see it or you don't and uh, TJ Miller sends us off with uh, exactly what we all have on our minds um, worst idea ever mm-hmm. let's do it anyway yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, we get helmet cam, and this was so funny to me because this is such a callback to Cloverfield. T.J. Miller was the cameraman in Cloverfield. He was, yeah. And we get helmet cam for this whole sequence. That was my first Most... exposure to him. Was, was me too. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's so funny seeing him in this role again, and even like the color palette of this movie reminds me a little bit of Cloverfield. A lot of greens, a lot of a lot of dark shadows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, part of me, part of me feels like this almost could have been a Cloverfield movie. Yeah, because so there's Cloverfield, Tin Cloverfield Lane, and then there's the Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, but like they're they're all supposed to be like, I think initially the idea was these are all going to be not connected projects. Mm-hmm. But then I, um, I had the entirety of Cloverfield Paradox spoiled for me because I don't have Netflix and I haven't been able... Yeah, Kyle's rolling his eyes because who, who gives a fuck? But Whoop-dee-doo. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have Netflix, so I don't have access to it. I would still check it out just for the sake of checking it out. But yeah, um, if not for the fact that this was not produced by the same studio, um, like... I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like so much of this feels like it easily could have connected to Cloverfield. All you'd have to do is change the design of the monster, like a little bit. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, I think um, that monster resembled Cthulhu more than this one. Absolutely. No, people are full of shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, we're doing our underwater spacewalk, and uh, Smith alludes to like hearing something that sounds akin to like bird chirping. He's like, am I mm-hmm. the only one hearing this? It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and we get some uh, alien-style uh, radar monitoring, um, very similar to Tom Skerritt in the in the ducts in the first Alien movie mm. when uh, he's got the flamethrower and he's going after the xenomorph. Um, and we reach the pod, and it is wrecked and covered in goo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is covered in goo, but we do manage to find a wallet and a corpse. And Kyle, help me out here. Because this is me just going from memory. I didn't do any research. Is the photo in the wallet uh, the the ginger beard man from Game of Thrones? Oh, I did not. Uh, I did not pick up on that. If it was, um... I mean, he has a look to him. He look. He looks like a somewhere between an owl and a bear man. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I don't know. Um... Yeah, there's there's no other no other people on here. Okay, well I'll I'll have to research it after the fact because I want to mm. say that photo. I was like that looks like Ginger Beard Man. <laughs> um, anyway, this uh this body 
is a uh, mangled and gooey and then uh something jumps out straight at the camera because again we're in helmet cam here so this is all pov stuff it jumps straight at the camera and then uh we pan over to uh smith and he it needs to be said we we have weapons of some sort the nature of which <clears throat> are yeah. unknown to me they are somewhere between uh like a it's like a rubber bullet stun gun maybe is that is that what i'm working with here well what i'm the theory i'm going with and this is a reference that you will get uh, dead space um you're familiar with the Dead Space games. I remember you said your your brother played them. I think you were in the room for it. <laughs> no, he made me play it with headphones on. Uh, and he got to watch. <laughs> yeah, he got to watch me play it. And, but the problem was is we did it at like 11 o'clock at night. And my, par- my parents were sleeping. So I'm like sitting there playing. I'm like, oh, fuck. And he's like, shh, shh, shh. Gotta keep it down. I'm like, is there something behind the wall? And he's like, God, you gotta be quiet. Like, I'm like, shit. Ah, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, okay, you uh, have to stop. Because <laughs> I couldn't. What, what are what are brothers for? Man? Right. Um, he introduced that's... me to, to a lot of fun games. I was gonna say, I'm like I, I told you, I played Madden for like six hours the other night. I was visiting a friend. Um, Portal is one of those I can sit there for about three hours before I'm just like, okay, I have to stop. Uh, <laughs> I have to I have to stand up and go pee because I can't. It's like, stop. how many times did I shit my pants? Yeah. I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Dead Space. Um one of the gimmicks in in that series uh is that the character the protagonist is a character named isaac who is an engineer um he wears a suit to do like spacewalks and stuff so he can repair spaceships Mm -hmm. all of his weapons in that game are tools Mm. that can be can also be used as weapons and i want to say based on the suit designs which i said looked like gears of war before they also bear some resemblance to dead space tech as well i want to say this is maybe the director paying paying homage to dead space and also like leviathan had a little bit of that too where although flamethrowers on an mm. undersea base why would you have mm-hmm. a giant flamethrower in an undersea base i don't think you would um no nah, you probably wouldn't you uh, also wouldn't have daniel stern down there but <laughs> am i misremembering does somebody have a nail gun in this movie or something I that resembles a nail gun okay i I'm getting my I'm getting my wires crossed here because I I watched another movie where we had like a funny gun. Uh, <laughs> funny gun. It was a funny gun. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, it was. I rewatched the Predator, and I figured out how Sterling K. Brown died. The the little gun. I told is, you he shoots you told, himself. Yeah, you told me he shot himself. I'm like I have no recollection of that whatsoever, and I saw it again. He he you're, shoots. You're not the only one, Kyle. It was um, like that. I, I, I read reviews that had the exact same issue as you did. That were it happened so fast and the lighting in the theater, like it they didn't see it. He's so fu- like I had rewatched it and he's the best part of that movie. Like he's so fucking funny. Why did they I kill love him? his I love his phony laugh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> no, he's great. You know, I need more of him. The dude who loses like he's like it's like a boomerang thing. You got to catch it. All right, it's coming back. Got to catch it. And the dude loses his hand. He's like, "Oh shit." And he just shoots him in the head. Uh yeah, speaking of Fox Productions, man, that is a movie that uh fuck, if ever we could get a director's cut of it, I I know it wouldn't be good, but it would be better. 
Because I, I told you about I sent you pictures yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, there there were two more predators in yeah. that movie. There were two and more they predators. And they had a tank. <laughs> and you, they're not in the movie. I, I kind of had an Alien Covenant. Uh, like, I, rewatching Alien Covenant, I enjoyed it so much more. Uh, rewatching The Predator, I enjoyed it more this time. You just have to, you just have to know that there's going to be stupid parts. There's going to be really stupid parts. There's going to be funny parts. And there's going to be pretty fun parts. So you just have to know what you're getting yourself into. I, I enjoyed it more I, on the rewatch. I think that's fair. And yeah, the, a lot of the a lot of the actors in The Predator are very, very, very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, could it could have done with a little bit more Jake Busey, though. <laughs> a little more Jake Busey. You could have given me some more Sterling K. Brown, honestly. But maybe Fuck, they, yeah, just make him the main character. Yeah. <laughs> have it in his movie. Although I can't remember the the guy's name, but he's the one that uh, gets killed on the the force field at the very end. Yeah. He's he was good. I I'd never seen him in anything else, but um, he looks kind yeah. of like he looks like a Mexican. Uh, uh, no, no, a different Tom guy. Hardy? He's he's the guy that puts the cigarette out on. Oh, his Trevante, tongue. Trevante Rose. Yes, Moonlight. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with him. I, that's like, who I wanted for Spawn. Yeah, uh, we're man, we're gonna get Spawn eventually. Mm-hmm. Eventually, <laughs> um, I want to say I want to say MK11 Mortal Kombat 11 was supposed to be like an early promotional push for Spawn, but now oh, I, th- I want to say things are kind of because of the whack. COVID, because of the current situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the XFL tanked again. <laughs> oh, it's gone as far it's as I know. Yeah. Because of this, that is so funny. Uh, it, yeah, empty arena was- WrestleMania was. I couldn't even finish it. it Are so you serious? Sad. They still did WrestleMania with an empty arena? Yeah. Wow. I kind of want to yeah. see that. Uh, uh, Gron- Gronkowski hosted, by the way. No kidding. Well, he's in Tampa Bay now. He and Tom Br- Tim Brady are down in uh, Tampa Bay together. <laughs> it's going to be a fun well, season if we get to play the if we get to play football this year. If. Well, that's the big test. Mm-hmm. If, like, if, if football can't happen, then nothing can happen. <laughs> Stay, inside. Stay inside so that we can have football. It's right around the corner, guys. <laughs> Training camps are starting soon. We gotta get them in shape. Society is hanging on by a thread. If there is not football, Ooh, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's bad. Elevator ride to hell going down. I'm gonna be starting law school on the computer. My first, uh, my first semester. I hope not. I hope not. Very, very possible. Yeah. Um, Anyway, anyway, back to this, <laughs> back to this mediocre movie. Um, we digress. Yeah. Um, so, it's a six point uh, eight. I'll give it a six point eight. Yeah, sure. That's I'll a generous six point eight. It's a generous six point seven five, six point eight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Smith, uh, he he fires this weapon underwater, and we get a fade to white. So is it like an energy weapon? I I don't fucking know. Yeah. Plasma um, anyway, blaster. we we uh, we jump. Um, from that fade to white to the interior of the elevator, which we're now actively descending as far as I know. So everybody's reunited, mm-hmm. minus Rodrigo, because he done exploded or imploded. Um, and uh, yeah, Smith throws this gooey what's-it on a table. Uh, so he brought it inside. Yeah. Uh-uh. No! <laughs> Ellen Ripley would not be putting up with that shit. No! You wouldn't get back in. Mm-mm. No! No. You and, you and that damn thing, like yeah. both of you, you're not coming back. But uh, yeah, we get this gooey eel kind of thing. It looks somewhere between like a lamprey and an eel, but it has tentacles. And uh, Emily points out that it has some sort of talons on all of its tendrils, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of like pinkish in color. It's gross. And 
yeah it's gross it, it's really gross mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it it's it's like probably two three feet long too is it practical it looks practical to me if i miss i don't know if i'm misremembering I, i'm pretty sure it was yeah. um it probably touched up with CGI here and there uh, to enhance the gooiness, but yeah, yeah I, I think I think they were actually handling a prop. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a big selling point for a fucking monster movie. Yeah, like, Roid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Emily does this a lot in this movie. In fact, that's like seemingly why she's here is just to reference the fact that they're drilling, uh, probably breached some sort of ecosystem or something and that's that's why all this shit's happening mm-hmm. so she she mentions geo geothermal pockets and she's like hmm maybe this came out of that it's a small tip of the hat this is a little bit of a tip of the hat to lord of the rings because this is the theory behind the balrog in the mines of moria uh what happened was is the uh dwarves actually were digging for uh jewels and they went too deep they they're their greed and lo- like their greed just drove them to keep going deeper and deeper. And in doing so, they awoke a Balrog, and the Balrog ended up decimating uh, the population of the the more uh, the mines of Moria. Uh, and that's kind of what the thing is here. It's like, oh, we were we were drilling too deep, and we disturbed something that wasn't supposed to be woken up. Wow, that's a deep cut, Mister Kyle. <laughs> that no, I I didn't know that at all. That's awesome, <laughs> especially since you know Lord of the Rings lore, like has a way of penetrating a lot of things that maybe I'm not familiar with. If there's a, a Lord of the Rings fan that's listening to this, I did that. I think I did like 90% on that. It, I'm not even sure I got a hundred percent on that. So somebody will cor- <laughs> would correct me. Like some, if you get something wrong in Star Wars, somebody's like, ah, no, this is not what happens. Like, like, okay. Well, that's, that's how you build an audience though. Sometimes people got to subscribe just so they can tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> Listen, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a podcast just so I could shit on that other podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the lights go out and we hear banging outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hear TJ T. Miller very low on the soundtrack. So probably not a good time to ask, but is that a baby? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get a, we get a tense moment where uh, we haven't, we have like two layers of doors. So we have like a midway chamber where you, we flood it and then we go outside mm-hmm. and uh the obviously the exterior door is closed but the interior door is open and tj miller is like is that door open yeah that door is open <laughs> I, I think i'm gonna close that door like, yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm gonna close that door he starts like inching out yeah. in his very tj miller way and he he successfully shuts the door without incident which is nice um and we should be descending at this point but something something is obstructing us and uh, we get a a little bit of a, a visual scare in the form of like a, a porthole on the ceiling, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of the Minoc from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Minoc. Suck. Yeah, the the suction cup bat thing um, mm-hmm. inside the inside the worm on the asteroid, um, and it like suckles up on the on the porthole, and we can't really make it out, but we know there is a creature outside mm-hmm. um, and it's considerably larger than the one we have inside um but then there's an explosion and uh, we all put our helmets on and uh we open the door before we hit presumably to like lessen the impact or something yeah. um, and we get another one of those uh good timing cuts where we don't sh- we don't show everybody piling out of the thing we're just mm-hmm. out of it yeah like 
just immediately cut to everybody walking on the on the seafloor and we're heading towards a different facility he's kind of it, it's it's not catering to the audience it's kind of like it, it just is not necessary for him to say it's like yeah you've seen a movie you know they're gonna get out nobody's gonna die here let's just move along i i kind of appreciate that but in doing so i think that's where it felt like it was it was going really quick is because i'm used to just seeing those just those little bit of shot like those little it, it's like two seconds long just to show us that they they piled all out well, yeah, I mean, so much of building to scares is a tension and release, mm-hmm. and that's that's part of like movies like Midsummer, for mm. instance, that are extremely long. Part of the reason they're very long is because in order to make those impactful moments have as much impact as they do, you need to fuck with your viewers' emotions. You need to like kind of like swing them around a bit, make them feel safe when they really shouldn't feel safe, and like maybe inverse of that as well. Ari Aster did something interesting in Hereditary that I, I thought of was that he had a lot of long shots that in another movie you would expect to see something. Like he holds on it for a really long time and you're like, you're looking, like it's building tension for you but nothing comes. So it's like, huh. And he does it a few times where you're like, you're focused on something but nothing comes of it. Well, it was but an, think, of, think of what's happening with your brain chemistry during those scenes is you're exactly. engaged. Exactly. Because you know, you're You've been trained you're, to look at that. Yeah. You're conditioned to expect something to happen, which means you're like bracing yourself mm-hmm. and like waiting for it. And then when it doesn't, that's when you start to ease back a bit. And then something happens. You're like, motherfucker. <laughs> he doesn't even do that. That's the thing is that that's a thing in uh, horror movies now is they're like, oh, you think the scare is going to be now? It's going to be now. But he doesn't do that. He keeps building that tension and keeps building it. And then he just fucking unloads on you. Yeah, no, that's why he's a very talented filmmaker. Yeah. And and there's other little little tricks that of the trade that everybody knows. Like mm-hmm. if you have a character occupying like only a third of the frame, mm-hmm. yeah. Your your brain is telling you something else is going to show up to occupy the rest of that frame and then when nothing does, you you feel a little bit cheated. There was but a, you also were very tense in that moment. There was a movie I, I saw recently they were making use of that where we're we're we have the character taking up a third of the frame and we're expecting something to happen and it never does. No, it, it, I mean, horror movies are just a lot of that. It's mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of like flicks in the nuts where you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Mix, yeah, misdirection. Yes. Revolutions. <laughs> Connections. Um, but yeah, shit is falling all over on top of us while we're, walking on the bottom of the ocean uh the score turns into hans zimmer uh, inception blah, <laughs> blah. <laughs> um and we we managed to reach a midway station um however uh smith his suit is pretty fucked um he had some issues everybody kind of had to scoop him up and drag him to the door yeah. um and tj miller says what we're all thinking um after this chaos there are things out there yeah fuck our lives <laughs> so we've gotten to the next we've gotten to the next station correct yes we're okay. at midway state we're not at roebuck we're at midway station is that when we see the little thing up in the corner is when we get to roebuck uh, or is that before mm, i'm not sure what little thing you're talking so about so you may not have caught it uh, maybe, maybe not. So I don't catch everything. <laughs> I caught it when we were watching it, and I had to rewind it a couple of times. I'm like, it's right there. So it's it's very very small. It uh, only takes up a little part of the screen. So it's it's some kind of um, creature. It looks like a man, like humanoid. It has kind of a humanoid um, outline. 
Um, and it's just very, very small. And it's after they've seen it and they're like running. So I think it's this part is where they're I running. Think you're, I think that's what TJ Miller is alluding to. But they um, don't see it. That's the thing. Is I think he did. But um, me, I didn't. I saw rubble. I saw dust. Um, but as soon as they close the door, he says like distinctly, there are things. Yeah, there are things out there. <laughs> so it's while they're running and you're focused on that. So it's just very brief that you see it up in the okay. corner. Very subtle. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was wondering why he was saying that because I was like, oh, I didn't see her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we get a moment here where we have to smash a panel. T.J. Miller gets some comedy in here where uh, Kristen Stewart's about to essentially like put a gun to this computer terminal, and she's she just like she does the Vince Vaughn uh, earmuffs, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, earmuffs. And T.J. Miller starts to put his hands up, and he's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, forget it. Um, um, but yeah, uh, we get an on-screen title telling us that we're in a deep bore access tunnel 6.4 miles down. And we take a long cart ride down a very long tunnel. Um, and we also do a Highlander pan up through the through the ground uh, to, the, to the exterior of the station, showing us uh, just how fucked things are. Mm-hmm. It is mang- this whole station is mangled. Um, we're not in a good we're not in a good way. Um, but we take a walk down a partially flooded hallway. And uh, this movie brought to you by Moon Pie and Cheetos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's product placement I'd, I'd like to see more. Get more Moon Pies in movies, people. They're delicious. They've been around since, like, the fucking 20s, I think. But they're delicious. My, my dad talks about Moon Pies. And he gets, a, he gets a glint in his eye when he talks about Moon Pies. They're really good. I really enjoy Moon Pies. I do, too. And apparently T.J. Miller does, too, because he, he gives the best advertisement moon pie has ever gotten <laughs> in this movie um yeah we find some moon pies and cheetos floating in this hallway they, they haven't been open so they're still good um and uh we come to a a place we come to a part of the tunnel where the, the ceiling is collapsed so we have to actually dive under the water to get through and kristen mm-hmm. stewart goes ahead because she says she's the smallest kind of kind of makes sense i guess um and by the way we're all strung together Yes. We, we have a line which um if you've ever seen the thing is kind of important when you can't see and yeah. you're going outdoors uh, so we're all tied together so we don't lose each other um and uh she goes through without incident and uh <laughs> fucking tj miller like he cracked me up in this movie a couple times um uh, so he and smith they're like the last two to go through and they have an exchange here where all this the only words they say are moon pie it's just moon pie Moon pie. <laughs> and uh, TJ Miller gifts Smith the moon pie. He says, you can give it to your gal. <laughs> I think she needs that's, it. Yeah, that's a that's a bro move, man. <laughs> it's like he sees what's up. He knows what's going on here under the sea. Um, and it just so happens that TJ Miller, um, being the gracious individual that he is in the movie, not in real life, um, he is the last to go through the passage. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, we get a false jump scare as uh, as he comes through, and everything's fine. But we get like a, a swelling of the orchestra to tell us like what's gonna happen when he comes up. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens though, but he gets yanked. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Kyle, I, I want you to walk us through this because I want to say I missed a detail here as to what happens. So what happens is is the creature. This is also like against my death count of like who was gonna die. I was I thought it was gonna be Kristen Stewart, T.J. Miller make it to the end of this movie. Um, he 
in there it's pulling his leg but what happens is is it pulls him through the suit is what i understood so it rips like it like rips from like the half or something like that and it pulls him out which is why it gets all bloody see that's what i couldn't figure out mm-hmm. it's because later on we get dialogue from smith saying it pulled him through his suit mm-hmm. what i saw was his leg get pulled off and then blood spurred up into his helmet um, yeah. so it, i got a little confused yeah his leg gets pulled like i guess maybe the one leg got caught and he pulled by one leg and maybe one leg came off and then the rest of his body came with the other leg that the creature pulled see in in concept that is absolutely horrifying yeah and i feel like that is that is like next level horrifying that is terrible um i feel like in a a more modestly budgeted film that would be a sequence that you could stretch a bit and mm-hmm. make really like really uncomfortable um maybe drag it out a little bit um but in this it's it's pretty tame for the most part really good sound effects though when when that crunch happens when the suit opens mm-hmm. pretty juicy and it's TJ Miller and you don't want to see him leave the movie cuz no. i mean we've been highlighting a lot of he he's a highlight of the movie for the most yeah. part, but I mean and he it, makes his exit. It's a pretty quick. I mean, this is a pretty brisk movie. So when he makes his exit, I mean, it's it's a decent time for him to die. Yeah, no, it it like actually that's a huge part of monster movies and not so much slasher movies because slasher movies it's like a strict ten minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you got ten minutes for the next kill. Boobs or or death have to yeah. happen in ten minutes, otherwise you're doing it wrong. And or whereas. Both. And or both at the same time. Um, whereas a monster movie, you get a little bit more leeway. But in any any movie with a body count of this nature where part of the entertainment value comes from the body count, you do need to pace it out correctly. Mm-hmm. And this one does it okay. Yeah, um, it's, okay. it's not a gore hound movie for any, by any means, but it's, it's thrilling. Mm. Um, but yeah, T.J. Miller's down, and uh, Nora cradles the bunny. And uh, we get to the control room of this particular station. And uh, the interior design here is, I, I want to say it's like almost like Tyrell Corporation or something, <laughs> like from Blade Runner. So, like, oh, okay. there, there's yeah. a wall that has, like, it's like a black sand swirl pattern on the wall. It's like, that is fancy for, a like, a engineering platform. Is this where we learn that um, that guy... Uh, his his oxygen is like that <laughs> guy. guy yeah that I know I know who you're talking yeah. about um, his oxygen is basically like on on fumes at this point like he's barely got anything left and they say he kind of inhaled uh, some f- some fumes as well or flame actually like something some kind of heat yeah his his oxygen regulator in his suit is fucked um, it's Star Trek science we have some sort of like capsule that has brown fluid in flux it. capacitor yeah yeah he has a flux capacitor in his backpack that's yeah. not functioning properly um but yeah that is where we learn about this and uh he he is also the one to note that uh there's a six thousand ton machine that they can see through the control room windows that has been upended mm. how does that happen <laughs> nobody has an answer for that at the moment um however we also get um a re like a refresher of the fact that we're not supposed to be down here. We, we dug too deep. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we done woke the Balrog, Um, uh, not the street fighter character. Um, But we head back out and uh, Smith's oxygen, that guy, his his, uh, oxygen is a concern. Like we said, Um, 
basically everybody we have to like shoulder him along because he has to like not take deep breaths um and we have a series of uh electronic markers that are numbered and we're at marker 21 and the roebuck our destination is at marker zero uh, so we still have a decent ways to go mm-hmm. um and we get a lot of tense moments here where it's a lot of interior helmet cam footage of like close extreme close-ups of all the actors faces a lot of heavy breathing on the soundtrack and uh this is where we start seeing some things uh, mm-hmm. lurching around in the dark and uh vincent cassell tells everyone to put their lights out which i noted there are many instances in this movie where people were instructed to turn their lights off and they don't yeah. <laughs> um, um, but we switched to infrared um again aliens i guess yeah. um, and uh we we have shared helmet cams more aliens um and Smith, that guy, he is taken. So one of these creatures make just like snatches jumps out him. from the yeah, just snatches him and yanks him into the darkness. And uh, credit to Vincent Cassell, he uh, he does not skip a beat. He follows him into a tunnel, and uh, he actually finds him. Like whatever this thing was trying to do, it was like squirreling him away or something. Yeah, I think he was going to be a snack for later. Uh- <laughs> Um, yeah, so Vincent Cassell ends up um, saving this dude, but he ends up getting, he's attached to, is he attached, attached to Kristen Stewart? Are they all attached together? Because I feel like he's just attached to Kristen Stewart. I think it's just the two of them. Yeah. Um, so he goes in to save him, and he's like, oh, I forgot the gun. She's like, leave the gun. He's like, I gotta get the gun. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a dude move if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Um, and then he ends up getting taken, and this is kind of... Um, Ooh, uh, disorienting because uh, this all happens very quickly and it's kind of unclear what's happening exactly but somehow there's some kind of um, like floating platform that looks like it's about a hundred feet in the air or a hundred feet above the the ocean floor it looks like I want to call it like a deep sea buoy or something yeah it does look like a deep sea buoy that's that's a good way to put it Um, and they end, uh, this thing ends up swimming off with both of them, and Kristen Stewart or Nora ends up getting on top of it, and Vincent Cassell is there somewhere. Um, and go ahead. Yeah, so he's hanging from the ledge of it, mm-hmm. and she's trying to haul him up, but she gets distracted because the thing. We finally get like a grand reveal, which has to happen in a monster movie. I'm sorry, you have to have it. Even the Babadook had a grand reveal at mm-hmm. some point, where you get to see what the thing looks like and uh it it posts up on top of the buoy along with her and uh yeah it it's kind of difficult to describe what they look like because they are very much humanoid they have very very long arms their their skin is like semi-translucent which you'd expect for a deep sea creature they kind of look like an aquatic um uh alien um alien four the, oh, the, the newborn. The yeah. newborn. They kind of yeah, look like yeah, the newborn. Absolutely. Yeah, their their skin tone kind of has that look to it. They're kind of, they're flat. They're not. They don't have much muscle tone or anything. Kind of droopy, um, like uh, just white. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, like one of the more striking elements of their just des- their design, though, um, is that they're again like kind of paying reference to deep sea deep sea life mm-hmm. or like a jellyfish or an octopus and we do get a creature design that just kind of shows up doesn't do anything that is explicitly like an octopus yeah um but part of the thing about those those creatures like jellyfish and octopus their physiology is that they're very pliable 
and mm-hmm. malleable. They can inflate and they can shrink down. And these things definitely have that where it's like they they look kind of almost like frail. Like they're very large. Like they're probably like nine, ten feet long. But they can also like billow up and get big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, their mouths are just a mess of teeth. Um, but their their face does kind of look almost like the newborn from Alien Resurrection. So it's vaguely humanoid, but their mouth is just like a, a pit of spikes. So think mm-hmm. like Sarlacc pit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it can expand as well. Think like a puffer fish or something. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it makes a beeline straight for her and it bites her mask. And I was like, that's kind of a cool move mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, it... I, I was complaining a little bit when we first started talking about this, how I would have liked to have seen more from the creatures just so I could get an idea of their behavior patterns and whatnot. I was like, I, that is kind of telling. That it's mm-hmm. like its first move is to not like pin her down or like grab her limbs or anything. It's like, nope, I'm just going to put my mouth on top of your head. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but thankfully she has a mask, uh, so it doesn't harm her, but it definitely puts her in a compromised situation. However, uh, Vincent Cassell, uh, who was yelling at her to grab his knife the whole time, uh, he manages to haul himself up because he's yeah. Vincent Cassell and he knows capoeira. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he knifes the fuck out of this thing. Um, but in doing so, he's stuck on it. And it takes off, and I guess it starts ascending? Yeah. like, And it pulls him with it. <laughs> yeah. It is really ascending. Like, they are falling <laughs> ass. Uh, they're riding a fucking dolphin. Um, yeah, he, he's going up, and this is like that, you gotta let go. I'm not gonna let go. You gotta let go. I'm not gonna do it. And then, Indiana. <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> um, and then, like, does he let himself implode as he goes up? Yes. Um, so I'm guessing we're ascending too quickly, and mm-hmm. we're reaching. we're reaching like a an atmosphere that's too high or something like we're we're not calibrated for this particular depth we're mm-hmm. ascending too quickly um so yeah uh he's still attached to Kristen stewart and he's like telling her like hey you gotta you gotta save yourself you gotta cut me loose and she won't um so he does it for her <laughs> and uh he goes boom uh, <laughs> uh it's it's not a tasty boom like was the case with rodrigo but it's mm. still a boom and it's underwater so it's pretty cool um, however, I'm sad that he exits the film when he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes out a hero. And, uh, yeah, she gets another concussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she just kind of comes to in her suits like, hey, wake up. <laughs> it's <for> danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, she, you're dying. <laughs> yeah. She definitely gets another concussion. Uh, yeah, she just, yeah, she's just laying on the ocean floor when she wakes up. Yeah, she wakes up to her suit telling her that she has zero oxygen. And uh, she makes a run for whatever the fuck um apparently it's a facility called shepherd drill um but we get a jump scare in the form of a big old octopus monster Mm -hmm. that doesn't do anything in this movie it just kind of like burps at her (laughs) and she runs away from it i think it was just an octopus i don't even think it was it may it may have been like it may have just been a deep sea octopus yeah but but yeah it just kind of goes and she's like ah (laughs) she runs away from it it's like the dragonfish in sphere yeah it's like all it does is go plink on Dustin Hoffman's helmet and then peace. You you built that prop just to bounce off of his helmet <laughs> and make Dustin Hoffman make that awful scream. <laughs> ah, he, that yeah, the scene the with the sea scream. snakes? Yeah. The sea snakes? Ooh. Yeah, his scream Ooh. is awful. 
ah, it's like a pig getting stuck or something. That's bad. <laughs> it's awful. Sea snakes are nocturnal, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, <laughs> sea snakes are nocturnal. Uh, uh, he likes eggs, though. Um, I like eggs. I do too. But uh, yeah, she reaches the shepherd drill, and I really, I really dug the amber lighting on the exterior of this building. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave me a little bit of like a Blade Runner twenty forty nine vibe, which is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's score only like only music as we enter the building so like all of her audio of like her movements and her breathing is drowned out and we take we take a sad girl shower um this is something that pops up in movies every once in a while where something intensely traumatic happens followed by somebody cowering in a shower Mm -hmm. um so kristen stewart underwear count two i guess yeah Um, (laughs) um and uh we we get like a series of cuts showing the interior interior of this facility and it's thoroughly abandoned um <laughs> we, we get a reference to heavyweights in the form of a poster advocating for the buddy system mm-hmm. i have some on the body system <laughs> buddy! Buddy! Yeah. Buddy! Um, and she sends out a transmission in the hopes that her friends or her co-workers rather they aren't her friends <laughs> yeah that poor girl is just out in the middle of the ocean terrified <clears throat> Just dragging her dead boyfriend around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dying boyfriend. Just just kind of just pacing out there. Um, yeah, she's going through the... Um, it's the older facility. And I guess she's like she's kind of down. But she's trying to like gear up a little bit with her next move. Um, she sees Vincent Cassell's... Uh, she goes to his old locker and kind of goes through his stuff. Um, I feel like this was supposed to be like the, the aha moment in Gravity. Mm-hmm. Where it's like Sandra Bullock finds the will to live again. Yeah, I think that's what they're going for here. But again, Kristen Stewart. No, that's. So I didn't really get it. She, she just kind of. De- she yeah. decides to turn into an action hero at the end for some reason, and yeah. she's not even very good at it. She just decides, I guess. She doesn't get a good cry. Like I said, a Mary, Mary Wind- Elizabeth Winstead probably would have given like a good like breakdown cry of like hopelessness and then like shake it off bro and then like get up and gear well, up i mean she's she's done the tough girl routine plenty of times in movies mm-hmm. um so she definitely could do that end of it um kristen stewart uh, pulls out her picture at some point the dude in the picture looks like russell wilson like exactly like russell wilson <laughs> so uh, yeah the, the guy that's kissing her in in her photo yeah it, yeah it, I, yeah i know so too like russell wilson um uh, yeah, so he ends up finding her, uh, finding uh, the captain's uh, little thing. Apparently, his uh, daughter is fourteen uh, because she died at age fourteen, um, which is why he kept getting. The, that's why he got the age wrong, and it didn't really make sense. Um, he's like, "Did I? I did like that 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 scene. It was kind of funny. You don't you don't realize what the problem is, but it was just kind of funny. Like, did I? Oh yeah, I guess she would be, huh? Um, yeah." But yeah, uh, she, yeah, she sends her transmission. She gears up, uh, and I guess she's gonna try to find them. She's gonna go out and try to find them. She finds a you know suit or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, um, I noted that during her suit up montage, um, it sounded a bit like Baba O'Reilly. The, that uh, it's the yeah the, the who the teenage, yeah. Yeah, yeah the teenage wasteland. Teenage wasteland. Yeah, it the music sounded a bit like it for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I, I saw in the credits here and the soundtrack, it looks like SpongeBob SquarePants uh, is on here, performed by Avril Lavigne. I didn't catch that. Uh, maybe in the background or over the credits. 
Okay. Because I, I didn't watch through the credits, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was on the credits. Um, I noticed a lot of weird little production details in this movie that, again, I want to say this director plays video games. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's an abundance of action figures on a, on a variety of sets in this movie. Like, every station they go to has some sort of, like, action figure in diving gear in the background. Mm-hmm. I was like... <laughs> I see what you're doing, and I, I would do it too. I'm not judging, not at all. <laughs> I just think it's cute. Um, but yeah, uh, when she's going through Vincent Cassell's locker, um, she finds a, a map in there to the Roebuck facility, uh, which is what he, which is where he was guiding everyone in the first place. So she's like, "I'm gonna finish the mission," um, and uh, she hears a a transmission without being able to hear anyone, and it's. It, extremely garbled you can't really make out who it is um but then we get a kind of an interesting scene where she's walking through the darkness and she can see emily walking away from her so like facing away from her and the transmission starts to become more clear and we can hear her like confessing her love for the vat guy for smith Mm -hmm. as she's walking away from him but there's she has a tone that suggests like desperation and fear on a level that Oh, she snapped. She's snapped. I think she snapped or is potentially suicidal. Uh, and, I would be too at this point. And it's kind of a tense moment because Kristen Stewart can see her and is like trying her best to run in her fucking diving suit towards her. But because she's facing away from her and we're at the bottom of the ocean, she can't see her. So like if she doesn't get there in time, this lady might do something she'll regret. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she manages to get there in time. In fact, she tackles her and she snaps her back to her senses. And uh, together they they manage to drag Smith. And uh, this is where we learn that Nora Kristen Stewart lost her fiance Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Smith, the guy who's unconscious and currently being dragged by them, uh, was his friend and has has enough sense to not bring it up mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's a decent guy. Um, but yeah, Smith stirs, and we do reach the Roebuck. And uh, this is one of the cooler parts in the movie, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we get the the red lights. Yeah. Um, we get Roxanne puts on the red light, and uh, <laughs> we, come to the, we come to the entryway of the Roebuck, and it just so happens that, like, an entire cluster of these deep-sea monsters has just, like, had an orgy down here or something. Because <laughs> they're yeah. all, like, they're floating, and it's really interesting because they're like suspended from the ceiling and they're all floating above them, but there's just enough room for them to maybe get through underneath them. Mm-hmm. Um, reference to a, a bad movie, um, Van Helsing, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of reminded me of the hive for uh, Dracula's babies. I couldn't get past the first five minutes of Van Helsing. Oh, the, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde bit? Yeah, I, could, I don't know what it is. I could not get past the first five minutes. I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I mean, Kevin J. O'Connor, he's in it, and mm. it's it's a dumb movie, but it's, I think it, it's a victim of um, too much CGI too early, where it's like, mm. maybe if it had come out a little bit later, it'd be easier to stomach now, but I saw it in the theater, I don't know why, I don't know whose idea that was, but, um, <laughs> it, it's incredibly dumb, but I uh, I like I like my old school Universal monsters and it's kind of neat seeing a movie with all of them mm. um, punching each other, <laughs> but yeah, it, the fact that they're suspended above them kind of made me think of that. But uh, yeah, we get a tense bit where we're trying to struggle to pass through unnoticed 
and everybody's taking it real slow and uh emily's suit uh kind of botches things a little bit though because it, it makes a very loud announcement that you're running low on yeah. oxygen you get some salty bitch god damn jesus <laughs> um and then uh Nope, she doesn't suffer anything for that, thankfully. However, uh, we get kind of a cool bit here where uh, Nora's mask, uh, one of the creatures, like, does the fall-out-of-bed bit where its arm falls down and, like, slaps against your mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just kind of like... <laughs> like, 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 dragging across the glass of her mask. And it's not awake yet, but it's probably gonna. <laughs> um, and she gets the shit kicked out of her. Mm-hmm. Like holy shit! <laughs> like one of the one of these things wakes up, and uh, as far as I understand, Emily and Smith they take off, and they probably get inside. Um, but yeah, one of these creatures just goes to town on Kristen Stewart, and it's just like flinging her around and slapping the shit out of her. You know, I was in the mood to I want to rewatch Men in Black. I loved it as a kid, and I've I'd like to give it a rewatch now. Uh, and as I was like, it was like before I started watching this, but yeah, this thing just like just starts consuming her like just oh, 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 like a almost like a boa constrictor just like just sucking her in and she's wicked smart um she's got she have a she's a flare gun in there uh she waits till she gets inside like tommy lee jones gets his gun back and uh she just uh shoots her way out which is pretty cool yeah um and i really like the uh like just the choreography of that sequence because we get to see this thing like just like go up on top of her and just like pulling a condom on a banana or something <laughs> like yeah. like it just goes yeah. on top of her but the way this thing's mouth works is basically it it doesn't have a throat mm-hmm. she goes from its mouth into its torso yeah and its skin is semi-translucent so we can still like see her lights like coming through it and yeah this thing does not give a fuck that she's made of metal essentially it's just like oh, i'm gonna do like that guy that italian guy in the guinness book of world records i'm gonna yeah. eat that plane and you inside it yeah. <laughs> um but yeah she blows it up and it it's a gooey mess that's uh, pretty cool uh, it needs to be said as far as i can tell all the all the larger creature effects are straight up cgi in this mm-hmm. movie unlike the juvenile thing that we saw earlier but i don't i don't have any problem with it like the entire like this entire movie all the underwater footage is cgi so Mm -hmm. you know if you're gonna gonna do do that anyway yeah what are you gonna do um yeah she blows it up and then the other creatures stir and um we haven't brought it up um but one of the cooler design elements for these things are their eyes Uh, we get a lot of shots of them at a distance and they're just these beady little white dots at a distance Mm. and it's kind of cool looking um, when when you see a lot of them looking at you through the darkness and you just see these tiny little white dots. Pretty fucking terrifying, yeah. It's pretty fucking terrifying. I like it. Um, I, I do like the creatures in this. I wish there were more of them. But um, she takes aim at these creatures, and there's a whole bunch of them, and they're all starting to stir. Um, but there's a loud noise, and all the monsters just kind of like look towards the source of the noise and then retreat back into their dwelling that I didn't know was there because it's too yeah. dark to see. But what they retreat into looks almost like barnacles. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you didn't know, barnacles aren't just rocks. There's animals behind those rocks, and they go back into their hidey holes. And she shoots a flare to reveal goddamn Dagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Lord of the Deep Dagon. It is an underwater demon thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, picture the Rancor, but with with a tentacle beard. And uh, yeah, same sharp teeth. And oh yeah, probably like a thousand times larger. Um, Yeah, this is definitely more Dagon than it is Cthulhu. Yeah, no, I I, I think uh, Cthulhu is the... uh, the more mainstream friendly of the of the Cthulhu mythos just because yeah. the name's more fun to say and it's still Lovecraftian though and it you know he was on fucking South Park even even mm-hmm. idiots that you know don't pay any mind to these sort of things know who Cthulhu is and you know, fuck they they sell like you know how they have the the pussy hats and whatnot they also mm-hmm. have Cthulhu hats and stuff cool. so like Cthulhu is they 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 put them on a plastic lunchbox and they're they're selling, selling it they're selling, they're selling it. it they're selling it <laughs> i have an hp lovecraft uh sub that i'm on on uh reddit and cthulhu is still the, the main hitter i haven't seen dagon on there though well dagon exists um that movie is okay um, mm. it's not great it's it's a like a spanish american co-production mm. uh, so the cast is a little wonky <laughs> it's like there's some accents so it's like you sure we're, we're you sure we're in Baston? <laughs> like it's like you sure we're on the east coast of the U.S. See, <laughs> um, <laughs> see, um, but yeah, uh, Dagon gets his grand reveal here, and there is a large explosion, and Nora gets saved by Emily. Uh, she gets dragged inside, um, and we have to smash Nora's mask open. Which, yeah, it's uh, jammed somehow. This is one uh, kind of a problem I had with these uh, with these suits. Now we are deep underground, like we are deep underwater. Uh, so the, the thickness of glass that you would need on an underwater suit, you wouldn't be able to see out of. I would I would think uh, it, it the the pressure would crush these suits basically. But let's let's pretend that they are thick enough for this. Okay. I I don't know. I don't know enough about optics and stuff to, to say that. I wouldn't be surprised if you needed to use like an exterior camera system to see instead of through just a glass surface. But point being, a fire extinguisher on this piece of glass, no. Mm. Also, no. these things don't even like screw on. It's just like a thump, thump. It's just like a quick little pop on there. I'm like, come on. And these creatures couldn't pop those masks off at all. Okay. Anyway, we get them. We get we break through because hers is jammed somehow. Oh, God damn it, Kyle, you just pointed out something that would that could have been cool in this movie. Hmm. It's just a demonstration of intelligence from the creatures or something. Like, some, like think the raptors in Jurassic Park opening doors or something. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Because, I mean, like, octopus, man. Like, yeah. octopus. Like, all the kids on the internet know that octop- octopi, octopi are, yeah. are incredibly intelligent animals. And wouldn't it be cool if you got to see something like that where you have, like, a situation where... It opens up like, the mask. Where, yeah, it's, like, struggling to get inside to, like, eat somebody or something. And then it, like, pauses for a second. And it's, like, (laughs) it does exactly, like, the famous example of an octopus trying to get to the fish inside the bottle. Maybe the pressure, I'm just thinking scientifically here, maybe the pressure uh, increases the tension on it. And you're not able to unscrew it from, like, from that much pressure from the ocean. So, even though it's... Probably not, yeah. No, I'm just saying, just, like, a quick lock... Like, if you try to open it underwater, it's just not going to happen. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, e- either way. It's just, it's either just way. a thought. But, um, yeah. Uh, 
So I, I noted here, uh, lucky dude gets to be carried by two near naked women. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Smith is with two mostly naked women now. Uh, Kristen Stewart underwear count three. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we find some durable touch screens that somehow survived this catastrophe under under the sea, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're still functioning. Um, despite the chambers being flooded and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, uh, the blast doors are sealing us into this control room as Dagon is wreaking havoc outside through these. He moves it at Godzilla speed, meaning very, very slow. Yeah, yeah, he's just kind of roaring in place. He doesn't even get up for the most no, part. No, he's not getting up. No, he's like, I ain't got time for this. Um, but we do reach escape pods. Yeah. And, uh, Nora tells everyone... Like, her pod is defective. Mm-hmm. It's been damaged in some fashion. It's not operational. But she lies. Um, she tells our breeding pair mm-hmm. that, uh, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. Go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he's actually, like, trying to get um, his girlfriend out first. Like, no, 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 no. You're, you're worthless. Like, you, we need you to go up first or whatever. You have been dying yeah. for half this movie. Yeah, we You're got like you. Eric Stoltz in Anaconda. <laughs> you have been near death yeah. for eighty percent of this movie. Um, yeah, this was um, I I liked and disliked this part of the movie where they get him out and then um, the other girl's like, okay, well we're get uh, you got your your escape pod. She's like, yeah, it's totally good. She's like, okay, you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And she they stop for something. She's like, but what's with the red light? Is yours not working? She's like, don't worry about that. I'll get it fixed. Or whatever, and they go back and forth, back and forth, and uh, finally uh, Nora just punches her in the face, which I thought was pretty good. I thought it was pretty funny. She just clocks her, but her building up to it just wasn't convincing. I, I thought it was kind of a thud. It was a good scene to have, but it just wasn't executed very well. Yeah, no, it it it's a little flimsy, and uh, I hate to keep ragging on her but like yeah, you said a lot of it a lot of it has to yeah i don't have any problem with I kristen stewart I, I haven't even seen many of her movies so I've i don't seen, have an opinion either way but I've seen like all the twilight movies but she i've seen a couple of them those them movies all. those movies beat me like i i turn them on specifically to make fun of them with my friends mm-hmm. and we we ran out of gas like we they beat us like we couldn't we couldn't make fun of them any longer because we were just so tired and because of the dreary atmosphere and See, and how you, boring they were. If you were a Patreon for that podcast we like, you could listen to the commentary on it, and it makes those movies so much fun. Don't they do Power Hour? They do for the, like the last three, I think. Or, or like, does that yeah. does that make it better? It it is funnier because like <laughs> you have them drinking every minute on the minute for an hour, which is funny, uh, and so, then they're hammered for the second half of the movie. <laughs> so it just makes it fun. Jesus, yeah. um, and and they're already a handful to begin with, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that she apologizes right after hitting her. Yeah. <laughs> just, sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah, but you know she still punched See, her in the fucking nose. Funny if she like punched her and then did like the whoop, swinging kicked her in there and just got her going anyway. Well, the I mean, Plan B would be choke her out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's that over there? <laughs> go sleep, go sleep, go sleep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Smith, before he is kicked out into the pod, uh, is bequeathed the bunny. So mm-hmm. the bunny the bunny will live on, even if our heroes don't. Um, and uh, yeah, Emily grudgingly, uh, she gets in. And we get a moment here where Kristen Stewart's all alone. And it's a very nice shot where she's just kind of squatting in the middle of the room. And 
she's she's backlit so we can see Dagon and all the crap going on in front of her but it's a shot from behind her and we just see her and it's like it's lonely like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like wow you you are all alone down there and it's not looking good it's it's a very good shot in a in a mostly handsome movie um but then the narration comes back yeah and i was like why why is this here there it's needs like, to be no narration i don't need this spelled out to me like just show me what she's doing and i can fucking figure it out um but what happens is the little ones in the barnacles which by the way are again very similar to cloverfield mm-hmm. um, they're like mounted on dagon's body um they're like dispatched to intercept the pods as they're ascending and Kristen Stewart gets wise to this and she's like oh hell no nah. like I punched that I punched that girl in the face like, like she deserves to make it home um, and yeah the, the narration returns and uh, she sets the core of the facility to meltdown which I'm pretty sure you can't just do you can't just do and she doesn't three boops boop yeah whoop, beep, boop and it I mean, it's exploding I mean we we had a, a mining vessel the Nostromo in in alien do you remember how long it took for Ripley to set that thing to explode? It was a while. Um, it took it took minutes, and well, when she, when she had to go back to try to stop it, that was hilarious. <laughs> well, if I'm if I remember correctly, even in Chernobyl, uh, like uh, reactors are are designed to not explode. Like they designed them to not explode. Uh, yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh yeah, I want to say this can't be done, but also there they did say that there was damage to the reactor, in which case you would think that it would just power down, but it's not. So yeah, she yeah, so she's gonna go out. This is actually a pretty gangster move. I'm like, if I know that I'm not gonna make it out, I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna kill this big turd. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, her her last line is kind of lame though. Um. So let's light this shit up. Yeah. Stupid. I was like, oh, okay. Um. But we do get a really cool shot of her just before before the explosion takes her. Mm-hmm. That's the last shot of the film, actually, as far as I understand. Um. It's just it's like shot head on, and it almost looks like it was shot in reverse, because like water's like falling at a falling or rising at a weird angle, and it's it's extreme close up, and she kind of like has that face like somebody just blew air in your face Mm -hmm. and her eyes open and then we snap to black but um we get confirmation that dagon is taken by the explosion so there's no shenanigans like Mm. dagon dagon got blowed up yeah (laughs) um which you know actually i I wish he hadn't to be honest yeah yeah but um our our pre-credits is it just like the opening of the movie it's a montage of news articles um telling us that the drilling will go on so we do learn that our breeding pair did in fact survive however they're in captivity in some capacity presumably by the tian corporation or whatever Mm -hmm. basically wayland yutani um and despite despite everything that happened um none of the surveillance footage exists there's no evidence um, remaining to to point to the existence of these creatures and whatnot so the drilling will go on Therefore, the door is left open for potential sequels. Uh, and yeah, roll credits. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a fun one. Uh, uh, before I forget, uh, there is a comic book um, that uh, back in the day I used to loan uh, Kyle comics every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, written by a, a horror comic author named Scott Snyder that uh, he had a long tenure on the uh, the Batman comic. 
on the new 52 era anyway it's called the wake and uh, this this movie bears very close resemblance to it in some ways in fact if i remember right the conclusion of the initial arc of that story uh is basically a big giant merman showing up um but yeah it, it i couldn't help but think of that while i was watching this movie i just wanted to throw it out there also um while we're in the midst of doing this review i was farting around the uh the wikipedia for this movie and uh, it just so happens i spotted a uh, gunner wright's name in the cast and that that name means nothing to me mm-hmm. however uh, when i pulled up his article it just so happens he is the voice of the protagonist from the dead space games <laughs> so any any references i i claim to have noticed i definitely noticed, I definitely noticed. Uh, um and yeah i Kind of interesting detail. Also, uh, the Wikipedia for this movie also points out that Vincent Cassell's character, apparently what we're supposed to glean from that sequence wherein uh, Kristen Stewart is messing around his locker is that he's somehow aware of uh, of like the mining project, like the, the consequences of it, I guess. Mm. Um, so he has like layers to his character. But... I, I prefer to think of him as a nice guy, to be honest, because <laughs> uh, that's mostly how he's played in this movie. But um, yeah, Kyle, so that was Underwater. It sounds like we've, we've said many times during this review that we both enjoyed it for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, what 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 do you think what do you think you're going to bring to the table for for your uh, Mayus for monsters contribution? Well, uh, you know, what? I'm going to log into my shutter real quick because I have my eye on a certain movie. Uh, I gotta get logged in here. I had to delete my app for storage space reasons. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Um, it is going to be. Where's my stuff? Where's my list? My list. Um, it looks like you. Did you get your shutter? Uh, no. I've been waiting. Uh, waiting until we we get to your picks. Gotcha. Um, so okay. so I'll probably start that today. <laughs> okay. So it will probably be from the dark. Um. It is from 2014, uh, about 100 minutes. A young couple are terrorized by a mysterious creature that thrives on darkness. So I have a feeling we're going to get uh, some atmospheric horror, and we're not going to get a, uh, a reveal until later in the movie. But I thought I watched the trailer for it; it might look like fun. And it's got some, it's got some okay reviews. It's got some skulls on Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I will go on record and say that I'm going to be coming into this one 100% blind. I'm not go. even going to bother to watch a trailer or, or nothing. That's a good idea. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this this will be interesting because, I mean, Maze for Monsters, and it sounds like we both have different, radically different tastes when it comes to our our, our monster diet. So, yeah. <laughs> so like... Um, we're we're gonna get some we're gonna get some varied products this month. Uh, so yeah, I guess we're doing from the dark next month, uh, next week rather. Um, that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yep.